Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's been one week since, no, it's been two years since Roman Reigns won the Blue Universal Championship. We are recording this before Clash of the Castle. It could be the last time he holds that Blue Universal Championship, but two whole years mm. of Roman Reigns at the top of the card. How has it been? I am Luca and DAD. That is your jam, that champion Tempest. That is Chopper Pequenel. We are the Blackpool Content Club reunited and it feels so good. Welcome to the Rest Up Podcast channel. Please do press the thumbs up and press subscribe if you haven't already. All that good stuff. Leave a comment down below. Let us know what you think of Roman Reigns' run because I'd imagine some people have got some thoughts on this. Job, I mean, you're one of them. Mm. You did a video fairly recently sure did. about how it's not working. Yeah. And yet, last Friday or last Saturday, SmackDown episode, mm-hmm. your title was. It's so good again. <laughs> they fixed it. I I think. I think this probably happens over two years, though, right? Like, oh, yeah. it's not always going to be great. <laughs> like, his reign, in one word, was mixed. It started mm. off fantastic. It was, like, the best thing going in wrestling at the time. It was, like, just impeccable from week to week. Brilliant stories. And it's us going, like, oh, my God, this is what we wanted at Roman Reigns the whole time. And us just, like, being relieved the whole time. It's kind of like the same sentiment as Triple H taking over WWE, being like, well, this is what we wanted all along. You're like, telling me Roman Reigns as a heel works? Yeah, yeah exactly. no, right. We're it's all there as fans being like, turn him heel for the love yeah. of Christmas. Just turn the man heel. Yeah. So it was it was so good. And it was such like a release of like joy for all the rest of us. But finally, okay, they're doing something good with him. This is great. And then it was just like impeccable story with Jey Uso. Those first couple months as champion were oh, so, so good. And then it was like, you know, it was fine. There were some good bits. There were some bad bits. And then it got very formulaic. And now it's good again. Yeah, I think we had like I think 2022 has been a bit of a rough year for the mm. tribal chief character. I don't think 2021 was like impeccable all the time, but I think there no. was some intrigue in there like along the way. But 2022, I think it's been a bad year for for Roman as champ, yeah. and that's mostly because he's had one feud, mm. one feud across eight months, yeah. which was just him and and Brock. 
until Triple H took over, and then, and then Triple H is like, oh, look, here's four different feuds that you could possibly have. It's like, oh, right, cool, yeah. yeah. This is interesting again. And that's technically been a year, because Brock Lesnar came back at last year's oh, SummerSlam. God, you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Crikey. So they had that stare down at SummerSlam 21. Bloody and then had absolutely the, right. the blow-off match, big air quotes, at yes. SummerSlam 22. Yeah. Well, I mean... I think that was the blow. I think we can safely say now that is the last of it, right? I sure hope so. <laughs> you say safely say. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, okay, let's quickly go around the table um, mm. because it's Clash of the Castle tomorrow. Sure it is. It is Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Undisputed Universal... The Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Which, by the way, i just like to point out that it's the UWU Championship. I was watching the predictions video that went out on Wednesday, and you call it the UEU Championship. Yeah. That's wrong. Yeah, well, I, I also included the E within the WWE bit. <laughs> That's very funny. So it's UWWEU. UEU. The UEU Championship. The Who Are You Champion. Who Are You? So yeah, he won this belt. Actually, no, sorry. Let's go around the table. Yes. Because it's that match tomorrow. Is this the end of Roman Reigns as champion, Tempest? I At this point, after seeing the promo packages and everything they've done, I'm inclined to say yes. I feel like you're, I don't know if you're going to get like a bigger moment than this. Like maybe if Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble and you do the match at WrestleMania or something like that. But even still, you probably want to have the Rock match be at WrestleMania. So between now and then, unless they do it at the Royal Rumble in a big stadium, mm. you're not going to have like the big atmosphere and it's Drew's, not hometown, but it will be a, a pro-Drew yeah, it'll be in, a pro-Drew crowd. In America's mind, we are all the same. Yes. Like, case in point, someone actually just posted up on Twitter before I came in. They Wales has an airport. <laughs> they didn't fly to there. They flew to Heathrow. <laughs> it's a different country. Like they flew to, they've now got to drive down the bloody M4. They could have just gone straight to Wales. But, you know, hopefully they stop off at memory services because that's what I would do. Like, if I'd, got, if I'd flown to Heathrow and I had to drive to Cardiff, you get to the M25 and you get off onto the M4. I'd, I mean, I'd, in an ideal world, I'd probably try and get off at uh, Reading Eastbound. But, like, I think you may be too early into the journey there, so maybe just save it for a couple more junctions. Get off at Membry. There's a Burger King and a KFC. Wow, so cool. you've got some options there. So it might be a good place to have a toilet break before you do the final leg uh, to get into Wales down the M4. Fascinating stuff. That is what you come to the Blackpool concert club for. <laughs> for Luke talking about service agents and Pete and Tempest to go, mm-hmm. For us to talk about locations that aren't Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> or in W's case, not Wales. <laughs> well, because I suppose we have to fly into London. It's yeah. the only place in the United Kingdom that has an airport. I love WWE's fascination with the UK, but completely not understanding it. It is so <laughs> funny to me. Like It was several years ago when they did uh, a live tour, I think, of Liverpool. <clears throat> excuse me and the adverts for it that always aired on like the the um uk versions of the shows was always like x amount of years ago four lads from liverpool changed the world <laughs> talking about the beast was this and now wwe is <laughs> coming back it's like that's all that liverpool has done 
made the Beatles. My favorite and thing. That is it. My favorite thing about uh, WWE coming over to the UK, and this isn't like exclusive to WWE. This is American wrestling companies coming over to the UK. Is your local sports town stuff doesn't work? <laughs> no, because really if you're in Manchester, it doesn't mean you support Man United or Man City. And right. actually, like, there's two options there. Like, exactly. a lot of them might support Liverpool. They might support like clubs from around the country. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you go to Liverpool and be like, oh yeah, I've got this team here, you're like, ah, whatever. All right. Yeah, you gotta right. go yeah. bigger. You gotta tell them that soccer sucks. That's exactly that's it. That, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Or if you're a baby face, go like, let's go for a pint down the pub, and maybe we'll have some fish and chips. <laughs> Apparently, there's a God. lot of conditions on fish and chips. Aratempus, <laughs> you did yeah. it wrong. Yeah, it wasn't raining. It wasn't by a seaside shanty. It wasn't uh, no, served on cru- newspaper. Crucially, you had it in a pub. That is not where you get fish and chips from. That's news to me. I I hey. thought that you got fish and chips in England. Nope, you get it from well, a fish and chip shop in England. Uh, yeah, you you can you have to get it from a chippy. That's yeah, like a, that's, that's it's a, it's a fish and chip shop. That's what you do. Yeah. Everyone's making it seem like I went to Canada and got poutine from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, I mean, mean? Well, that that is what you did. <laughs> I will learn for next time. Yeah. The next time WWE comes mm-hmm. to the UK. Yeah. So anyway, Pete, uh, what do you think Roman's losing this weekend? <laughs> oh yeah, that's what we're talking about. Wrestling, great. Um, yes, I think Drew's winning. I'm yeah. I'm I'm now more certain of that fact because when the match was first like teased slash announced, I was like, well, that'd be like an interesting place to do. It. I don't think they will. Roman's going to hold to the belt, but that's a, that's an interesting idea. And then as time has progressed, I've gone, no, really's looking like maybe Drew's going to win. And then it's got real close now. I'm like. Drew's definitely winning. I think, like, he, yeah. I I think because Roman has his new contract where he doesn't have as many dates. I think Triple H is a smart man and is like probably need to have a champion around. And also any mania plans they have for Roman, Roman can just win the belt back if he wants to. But for now, for the immediate to get the immediate Drew pop for that stadium show for all the other stuff that's going to be happening surrounding that with hello ollie oh did you bring my tea you're right mate i brought you tea thank you mate thanks ollie just talking about how drew's definitely going to win at clash at the castle there you go it's wrestle talk mug branded nice bit milk bit milky that mate uh nice great to see thank you good to see you thanks ollie yeah thanks man hey hey ollie is roman winning is Roman winning? No, he's trying to start something. That's a very paranoid you think, man. You think you, yeah? You think you're a big guy? You disrespect in this country. Disrespect. What's it all about, Tempest? We don't talk. I think it's probably time. I think it's probably time. Yeah. Thank you. Nice to see you. Thank you for the tea. Clash at the Castle watch party. Where it's all going down. Where apparently we're going to just have a fight. <laughs> Straight up fight. On one of the last shows I did, someone said that Luke should just beat the shit out of me <laughs> with the jam that jam <laughs> and just take the belt. So apparently I'm just going to get jumped at this watch party. Oh, spoilers for this Saturday. <laughs> Straight up shanked. So yeah, yeah. I, so I think we're kind of all in agreement. I think Drew is Drew's gonna win. I think Drew's winning. I think we're getting like this whole two year celebration that's on SmackDown mm-hmm. tonight. It was pre taped last week. Is like this is it. This is our final thing. And it's like the last time. And it works so perfectly because it's been two years. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible length of time. I didn't think in the modern era we would see a two year champion because I think wrestling fans have got much of a shorter attention span mm-hmm. uh, that they want to see a lot of more new things, a lot of changes and stuff. Particularly like, you know, a lot of us who grew up during the Attitude Era, if you held onto the belt for two months, that was a long-term reign. Like, you know, it was, <laughs> it's like, whoa, they've got big plans for this guy. Yeah. So like, I, 
I have been, like, I know people have called me out for this, and I, I fully appreciate this. I've been saying, like, I think Roman's holding onto the belt to Mania. Because mm-hmm. I think in WWE's mind, the biggest match they can do is Roman versus The Rock for the title. Mm-hmm. And really, that is. And I and I people feel like, why do you want that? It's like, I never want, I don't want mm. it. I just think that's what's going to happen. That was kind of my prediction earlier in the year. I think he'll hold on to the belt, and that's the big match they'll do. But it's also a match that doesn't need the title. It and doesn't. like as you said, there's every chance you could put the belt back onto to Roman at some point and, and do the match that way. But I think Roman versus Rock is just you can do that without the belts. 100%. And I think that's a Triple H realization. If this was a Vince thing, Vince would be like, no, pal, that needs the belts, the biggest match possible. Ro- Roman Brock needs all the belts. Put needs be- all the gimmicks onto one match. All the gimmicks onto, onto the one thing. But Triple H is a smart enough guy. Like, if, you know, if he sat down and looked at the company he'd been handed, it was just like, okay, well, the first thing I need to do is A, get the belt off the part timer, and B, sp- split the belts up. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. 100%. Raw needs a title, SmackDown needs a title. I also think that if you have Drew as a champion, making uh, splitting up the belts is much easier because you can have, as part of Drew's character, he bloody loves fighting. And he's like, I've got two of these belts. I want to have two matches at the next show. Who wants to fight kind of thing? Two separate challenges. He has two separate matches on the show. It's a much easier way to do it. Next it pay-per-view, it's Drew versus Kevin Owens for one of the titles. It's Drew versus Killer Cross for the other one. Exactly. Works out like Perfect. perfectly. And it, it carries on the two feuds that you've already started to mm-hmm. set up between everyone. So I think that works out quite nicely. Yeah. So let's kind of look at, at Roman's two-year, a historic two-year reign, mm. I would say. It did start August 30th, 2020 at Payback. Yeah. Not even because he made his return at SummerSlam. Yeah. And I said just before we were on air, man, that was a really weird main event. And I, you were like, which main event was it? Oh, I yeah. thought you were talking about a more recent Payback. No, no. and it's, I see. It was that weird triple threat. It of, was a weird The Fiend threat. and Braun and Roman sitting in the back doing nothing. He didn't sign the contract until the match had already started, which I feel like invalidates the contract. Yeah. <laughs> so like, if you haven't signed it by the time the match starts, you're not in the match, right? You can't spell, well, I signed it now, so I'm in. Like, no, the match has already started. You're too late, mate. Uh, also, the show, Keith Lee defeated Randy Orton he sure in did. six and a half minutes. He sure did. Clean as a sheet. Yeah, and everyone thought, wow, that guy's the next main eventer in WWE. You know, well, it's good to have ambitions. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, but I think the the early days of this Tribal Chief character were certainly the highlights, I think, for me. Yes. Like, I really, I'm really loving all the stuff they're doing at the moment, which we'll mm. get into in a little bit. But those real early days, that first feud with Jey Uso, what a, like an incredible pay-per-view run mm-hmm. that they had. It wasn't just great on TV, because like, you guys were reviewing the, the show week to week. Mm. But man, the pay-per-view matches that those two had. They were like, for me, like if I look back on the Thunderdome era, true highlights mm-hmm. of the Thunderdome era. I yeah. think the, 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 you played into it so, so well as well. In like the restrictions that you have in the Thunderdome era, they like took that and made it a positive because you got all the like the trash talk from Roman off camera, off mic kind of thing that you wouldn't normally be able to do in front of a live crowd and get the same effect because everyone was watching under the same conditions of watching at home. So you can have everyone in on the same thing that Rome is doing of just trash talking during his matches, which was a brilliant character touch. And just having it, it built so perfectly in the week to week was the progression of the next step. Very subtle, and it's very, very small. And it would just be like a little bit of body language from Roman. You know, he'll give a hug to Jey Uso. Jey Uso will walk off, and then he just scowls after he walks off. It's like, that stuff is perfect. And it built progressively to the championship match. Roman won and decimated Jey Uso. And then it built with Jay being like, what the hell, man? In the next arc of the story, built to the Hell in a Cell I Quit match. 
which was also amazing, and had Roman crowned as like the tribal chief, had like the amazing visual after the after the Hell in a Cell with being, you know, given the lay and all that stuff and holding up the belt and all that stuff was a perfect progression of a story over two months. And it built so perfectly how the TV fed into the big pay-per-view matches and the pay-per-view matches were the big story beats. And that's exactly how a story should progress. It was perfectly laid out. Tevis? It was an interesting time there for a while because as it went on, I really did sort of feel like anytime Roman Reigns had like a main event challenger, the story took a back seat for a month. Like when John Cena showed up at Money in the Bank, the build for SummerSlam last year was not great. They had some promos and everything, but the actual story of Roman Reigns, they just hit pause on it. But whenever he had like a main event of a pay-per-view coming that maybe wouldn't be like the big marquee match for casual fans, like when he faced Cesaro, mm -hmm. yeah. that is when they took the opportunity to then reintroduce Jimmy Uso to the story. And each week it was the interactions between Jay and Jimmy and Roman and Paul Heyman and everything. And like Pete said, it was all the subtle little things. Like they tell Jimmy Uso to stand up for himself and he takes the mic, turns around and calls out Cesaro. And meanwhile, Roman and, Roman and Paul and Jay are all just making faces. Like, Roman and Paul are just like, can you believe this guy? Like, what is he doing? And Jay's like, oh my god, things are happening, I I'm anxious. Mm -hmm. All of those things would suddenly just disappear when all of a sudden the Usos won the tag titles and Roman was facing Brock Lesnar for a year. That's where I thought we really lost this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I never really got it back until just very recently the last month. with the Sami Zayn stuff. Yep. Yeah, it really is. Because like I think the problem with all the Brock stuff, which I suppose we'll, we'll get to in a little bit, is just it was the same promo every yep. week. Because it's Paul Heyman's like, I've only got one thing I can talk about with this match, and mm -hmm. I've had to do it for a year. I, just cycle back slightly, though. There's one person that's massively benefited out of this. I, I Well, I'm not saying massively because I don't think he's capitalized as I don't think they have capitalized on as much as possible as Jey Uso. Yeah. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner, Jey Uso. Mm. Yep, easily forgotten because they've yep. released a bunch of people. It was like, well, I guess it's Jey then. Yeah. Um, but like, he genuinely felt like, you know, they still call him on TV main event Jey Uso because he had those run of like main event matches. Louis Dangor was telling me, he was like, I think he's going to win the title. Like, and I was like, he's never going to win the belt, but... I think there is ever like this is a great way to build a new singles guy while Jimmy was out. Mm -hmm. And it's actually kind of a shame that I don't think that they really capitalized on all that early momentum that Jay had. Yeah. I, I don't think they did at all, really. No. You know, I think it was to benefit the Roman Reigns arc and the Roman Reigns character. And I think they had a lot going. Like it it felt like it was progressing and maybe now this is us getting back to it because there is again play with Sami Zayn seemingly trying to drive the wedge between Roman and Jimmy and or Roman and Jay, sorry. And for so long that was missing. And if it was more continuous, if it was all one story, it might have felt like, oh, we were building to something. But even the last year of the Usos being tag champs has just been nothing. They've held mm -hmm. the belts. And yeah, we'll get a great match out of the Street Profits at Money in the Bank or something like that. But otherwise, they've just held the belts for the sake of holding the belts. If we'd had that character progression the entire way through, I think Jimmy Uso would... Or I don't know why I keep saying Jimmy Uso. Both the Usos, for that matter. I think they would have benefited from this even more than they have. And I still mm. think they have. You know, they're better off than before they were associated with Roman. Mm. But 
I think they could have done a lot more. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I, I agree. I do think they have benefited from this. I still think the Usos have more stock than they did beforehand. They were still, like, you know, one of the most respected teams in WWE history beforehand. And I think this just cemented them as in the conversation of, like, greatest WWE tag team of all time. They're in that kind of conversation, I think. Um, but they made, they did the insane idea of making Jay and Jimmy two different people. Yeah. Which, like... <laughs> That's where I think they've benefited the most. Genuinely. They're both yeah, characters yeah, yeah. They now. are both characters now. And especially, like, you, you can get different characters in tag teams, but the Usos, because they're twins as well, have always been the same person. They are the Usos combined. One of them is married to Naomi. Yes. Stop. They were exactly. Uso A, Uso B. Exactly. But they made the choice to make them different characters because... Whether you know it was just fortuitous that Jimmy happened to be out with an injury at the time, so they said, "Right, let's make Jey Uso the guy right now. We're going to focus on this guy, give him his own character, and his character arc. Like his portrayal of this character arc was so good, and it just everyone just went. Roman can act, and Jay can act as well. This is amazing, and you saw this huge like emotional character progression from Jay, and when they said he's main event Jey Uso, and they actually put him in main events." And any time that he came close to not having a main event, they were like, no, we're not going to do that match. We're going to put him back in the main event. It's like they stuck to their guns of having main event Jey Uso for a while until they stopped doing that. And most of the time it was Jey versus the person that Roman was going to face at the pay-per-view. But that's not the point. That's totally fine, though. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought we should have been seeing more out of WWE TV mm -hmm. is have stables and just have people interacting with one it's another because it's stables. new matches every time. How yep. many times do we say Jey Uso versus Edge on TV? Mm -hmm. You don't see that very often, so it feels fresh. Yeah, and it made Roman's character be right. He's like, hey, I'm the island of relevancy. If you hang out with me, you get main event matches. It's like... He's right. Jey Uso's getting main event matches because he's hanging out with Roman, which he wouldn't have if he wasn't. It was it was such a perfect blend of everything together. But then they just went, cool, Jimmy's back. We're going to have some interaction. But the whole culmination of the Jey feud with I Quit Hell in a Cell attacking Jimmy, forcing him to say I Quit and join you know, the bloodline and all that stuff. With the Jimmy stuff, it was a promo backstage and Roman said, nah. And then Jimmy joined in and was like, cool, I'm on board now. And that just completely like undermined and was really anticlimactic for like the potential that we knew they could have yeah. with this whole story. And then they just became Jane Jimmy. They're under under Roman and they'll do anything he says. And they won the belt. There you go. And like you made the point earlier, it's like, yeah, they've had great matches and stuff. Like the match they had at Street Profits at Money in the Bank was great, but also they just they lose a lot. Yeah. Because they're also Roman seconds. Mm -hmm. And and if you are seconds to a big boss and a sable, you often have to lose. But they're also the tag champs. Yeah. The tag champs are both brands. And like there's a really easy way around it is you have them lose singles matches, but win as a tag team because they're a better unit as a tag team. But they lost tag matches, yeah. which just completely goes against everything. They're just there to like rack up losses for Roman's group, yes. essentially, which I, I, just, I don't think helps their stock much. No. So after we had the J feud, we then went into Survivor Series against Drew McIntyre, which good match, good match, and it's supposed to be against Orton until Drew won the title like a week before the show. God, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah, bloody hell. And then we get into the Kevin Owens feud, which this was into good. December and January. I, I, I want to highlight January now though, because do you remember when it was going to be Adam Pearce? Yeah. yeah. Why didn't that happen? Yeah. Why didn't we get Scrap Daddy versus Roman Reigns? It would have been. I like. Look, I love the Roman match. Uh, I love mm. the Roman Owens match at, at Royal Rumble. Mm. It were dead good, but oh, do I wish we could have had Roman versus Pierce. 
talking about a match that would have been different. Yeah. A hundred percent different from anything else that we would have gotten in this run. It would have made Roman Reigns' run feel special. When you get special matches like that that you wouldn't see anywhere else, it makes the, the title reign feel different. And having like, okay, he's had a two-month feud with Jey Uso, who's now joined his group. He had, you know, a one-off match against Drew McIntyre, had a one-off match against Kevin Owens, and now we've got Adam Pearce. It feels like, okay, he's just getting through these feuds and everything feels fresh and special and different because we're so used to three-month to six-month programs with one person against one person. This feels exciting when you keep changing it up. It's not that hard, I yeah. would say. Yeah, I, I really liked both of the Owens matches, particularly that Royal Rumble match. I thought it was a really, really fun, chaotic, mm. wild match. Is that the one with the golf cart? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Again, a match that took advantage of its dire situation. Yep. Mm, How absolutely. often do you get to have a last man standing match in a giant, empty baseball stadium? Yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. Uh, and I think then we get into Elimination Chamber and Mania. I will just say oh, very yeah. quickly on the on the Kevin Owens stuff. In the it, the first one was really really good, and while the second match was good, it was just like a very slight like change from it. It's just like, why are we doing a rematch with Kevin Owens? There's no like reason for it. Like the Jey Uso one had a reason in that Roman decimated and Jay was like, I'm not having that, and Roman's like, No, I'm going to force you into submission. If you lose this match, you join me. You have to. That's a really good stakes for the second match. Kevin Owens lost. And then they did another match, and Kevin was like, I'll fight you again. And Rome was like, all right. It's like, where, which, which is why the Adam Pearce match would have been so much Exactly, better. right? Yeah. It, it just feels like you, you needed a reason for the Kevin Owens rematch. You didn't quite have it. And it was fine, because we were like, okay, that's, uh, it's, it's WWE, it's whatever, we'll look past it. But it was just like the first sign of like something that's slightly off and with I think the it, Roman character. Because it was such a fun, bonkers match as well. Like yeah. You tend to sort of forget then that the build was not that great. Like, yeah. it, And I, I actually think that's one of WWE's great strengths, because mm. their in-ring work is usually really, really great, because they've got great wrestlers on board. They overcome... Like mm -hmm. what, and I'm not talking about sort of nowadays. This is the, like the Vince era, overcoming Vinceisms mm. by just having really good matches. Now to be like, wow, it was great. It doesn't matter that the four weeks leading up to it was absolute cack. The the end result was good. Look mm -hmm. at Sasha and Bianca, one of yeah, the most absolutely. legendary, My God. monumental WrestleMania matches ever. One of the worst builds I've ever seen. Oh God, it was over awful. a sommelier. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> match was that feud was based around a sommelier. <laughs> a main event of WrestleMania was based around Reginald. Yeah, it's been like the first two weeks of Rock Austin being around yeah. Deborah. Yeah. <laughs> <And then laughs> bam, not fact. Bam, she non fact. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wish we got that moment from Sasha, just like boom, take Reggie out of the equation. <laughs> he non factor. Non -factor. <laughs> so I think when we get into Chamber and Mania, mm -hmm. for me, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm curious. And Fastlane as well. But, I, but I, this for me, I'm particularly uh, Mania, I would say, this is the last time I felt that Roman might have dropped the belt. Like, because he had the triple threat yep. with Brian and Edge. Yeah. And I, I went into that match thinking, like, Edge just won the uh, the Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. And I think they're doing quite a good job with dealing him. They clearly want to make him a top guy and give him one of the top belts again. And B, it's like Daniel Bryan is in a triple threat match. It's WrestleMania. It's with, you know, fans back in the building. Mm -hmm. Granted, not a huge WrestleMania crowd because it was still pandemic era. Yeah. But also there were fans in attendance. Could we get another miracle on, on Bourbon Street? But like, in the end... Roman just pinned both of them at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it was the moment I was like, oh, he's going to be champ for a long time. <laughs> that was a statement match. Yeah, it really a was. A big statement match where you 
I mean, WrestleMania should kind of feel like here is the look at the direction of the company from yes. people that maybe don't watch every single week. If you just tune in for WrestleMania, you should get an idea of like, here's what we're doing. Here's where we're going. And that was as emphatic a statement on one guy as I have seen where he's mm -hmm. like, this is the only top guy. Yeah, he will yeah. beat the people decisively. And because like that was the last time, and I I, don't, I can't think of another one unless, but maybe we'll comment to one another. And as we go through this, I mean, I'm, I'm just reading his Wikipedia page here. I cannot think of another match that he has had as Blue Universal Champion where I thought, yeah, he might lose here because well, I never thought Brock was going to win the nope. belts. Since then, we haven't had. I mean, that match to me made a point of saying, well, not just anybody's going to beat him for the belt. Mm -hmm. It's going to be something special because you yeah. had two very good candidates mm -hmm. right there at very good moments that mm. could have beaten him. Like it wouldn't have been like, oh, he, he's facing this guy who's a big star. He could beat him. No, it's like Edge was really in a good position to be champion at that point. Daniel Bryan was a month away from leaving the company, but we didn't know that at the time. He was in a really good position, we thought, to win. And instead, Roman beat them both decisively. And at that point, it became, well, okay, the person who's going to beat Roman, it's going to be like a really big deal. So then it needs to be the right guy. It has mm -hmm. to be the number one right answer. And that kind of limits you from a storytelling perspective because yeah. you can watch Cesaro wrestle him at Backlash. And they have a great match. I love the match. But at no point did anybody think Cesaro was going to win that match. No, I mean, I, I was in the live reactions to that show. And I, I remember just saying, like, this match only exists because Cesaro signed a new contract. Like, mm -hmm. and this is like a Vince McMahon's like, oh, hey, pal, you, you, I don't go to AEW, but if you re-sign with me, we'll put you into a main event program. I was like, A, he's not winning this belt, and B, he's going straight back to the mid-card. Yeah. And both things happened. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate because I think they did a really good job of building up Cesaro not long before that in the build mm -hmm. up to WrestleMania and at WrestleMania itself. Because it was, it was a, the, the whole story of Cesaro is really great. Daniel Bryan's going to tell you that Cesaro is really great. And also, he's going to be built up to be like, finally, after all these years of work, he's finally taken it seriously, and this is going to be his big time. And then he got a win over Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. You go, all right, Cesaro's here. Amazing, cool. And then immediately he goes, and he's going to face Roman Reigns. You go, perfect character progression. Love yeah, that. I had said during my Roman Reigns video that came out a year ago on my own personal mm. YouTube channel mm. that... It wasn't just Roman being booked well during the early goings of his title reign. It Bingo. was anybody that was associated with Roman. And yeah. I think that's why it all felt special. Because all of a sudden, Cesaro just got like a six-month run where he didn't lose. Mm. Yeah. You know? And then he faces the champion. And no, like, you're not going to think he's going to win because it's obvious Roman Reigns is champion. Cesaro's, you know, Cesaro. And it is the situation that it is. But it felt like they were trying a little bit harder. You know, yep. and that was so uncommon for so long. Like I think b between the beginning of the year and the WrestleMania and the WrestleMania Backlash match, Cesaro I think got pinned once, and it was in the Elimination Chamber. Like so, that's mm. it. So do you think that's like because Roman clearly has had a lot of backstage sway with this character, a lot of like creative control, brother, about like what he is. Just like, look, if I'm going to be facing this guy, don't chumpetize him. Like mm -hmm. we need to build yep. him up and make him look like a credible threat. Because when I then eventually beat him. We all look good off the back of it. Yep. I think it's probably a Paul Heyman thing too. Yeah, I, I Heyman, was hundred yeah, yeah. percent gonna say. I think that's a Heyman thing. I think we kind of maybe skipped over that bit at the start of this reign, where Roman Reigns came back at SummerSlam, and then one week later was uh, aligned with Paul Heyman on SmackDown, and everyone went, 
Oh. Do you remember, like, that was a weird period as well because Payback was, like, a week, was a week after, after, after SummerSlam. Summer yeah. the weirdest little time. And when yeah. he made that return at SummerSlam and everyone was like, oh, my God, Roman's a heel. I was the idiot on the live stream being like, no, I think he's just Roman Reigns. 100% that was me as well. Yeah. I was like, this is exactly what Roman Reigns what does. Roman Reigns, this is what Roman Reigns has always done yeah. is hit spears and stand tall. Exactly. It's like, why is this any different? And then on that SmackDown and it pans over and Paul Heyman's there. I was like, Oh no, he oh, is a heel. No, no, he's <laughs> oh, a heel. Okay, yeah. he's a heel. Yeah, then. that makes sense. And then like that payback thing, I was like, oh dang. Oh yeah, he is heel. Mm -hmm. This is a new heel character. It was it was rad, man. Oh, but yeah. yeah, Paul Heyman, I think, particularly in those early days, added so much. Mm. In the same way that I think Heyman added so much to Lesnar and added so much to Punk as well. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and so much to Ryback and yeah. so and much to Curtis Axel. But like just things like you know when he was with Punk. And he used to carry the belt above their yep. heads. It was such a wicked presentation between the two of them. Like back to the Undertaker feud and sort of like you know tossing the air back and forth, being like, yeah. no. like they they complement each other so well. I never would have thought Heyman and Reigns would have worked together this well, but they do complement each other so perfectly. For so long, WWE's view on managers was just kind of like, oh, I can't talk. Give him a manager. And then at a certain point, I think just because Paul Heyman came back. We got back to like the Bobby Heenan way of doing things where Ric Flair doesn't need Bobby Heenan to cut promos for him. Mr. Perfect doesn't need Bobby Heenan to cut promos for him. But being associated together improves the stock of both of them. Yeah. It makes it seem like a good business decision from both of them. They're smart to align with each other. And just the same way that CM Punk didn't need Paul Heyman to cut promos for him. No, but it's another aspect of his character then that can they can play off of each other. There's more people in segments. There's more possibilities for promos. There's more possibilities for storylines. And that is what we got with the Paul Heyman Roman Reigns Association. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, we had a lot of really good character moments between the two with the My Tribal Chief and Wise Man and everything. But it was just another layer onto Roman Reigns' character that for so long he had none of. Mm -hmm. He was like the most one-dimensional guy on the WWE roster. Suffering succotash. And then he became the complete opposite. And I have to credit Paul Heyman for a lot of that. 100%. And the thing with uh, Heyman as well is that he changed up the act. It wasn't like, this is Brock Lesnar's Paul Heyman, but with Roman Reigns and doing like the same thing. He completely changed everything about him. And the way that they came together, Paul Heyman's like, I didn't chase after Roman. Roman saved me from, I, I was left by Lesnar, you know? I had nothing going for me and Roman saved me. This isn't like a, oh, I'm the best ad guy, make the best business. It's just like, no, I owe Roman everything. And that like dynamic played into their entire presentation. It was absolutely wonderful. And while, you know, the, the like you say with the managers, the, the um, ideology was, if they can't talk, they need a manager. It's not that Roman couldn't talk, but he needed someone else to cut promos to protect the mystique surrounding him. Him standing there, just not saying anything and just being like all cocky and stuff, while Paul Heyman cuts a promo, is a wonderful dynamic and it helps protect Roman Reigns' stock. So it's not that Roman needs someone else to cut promos for him because he can't talk, but he needs someone else to cut promos for him to protect his character. Yeah. It, became, it wasn't that he couldn't cut promos anymore, it's that he mm. shouldn't cut promos. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's yes. the one. That's yes. the way to put it. That's the wording. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And I think it's it's nice that we've landed on this topic point here because I think uh, going through this Wikipedia page now we are in the period where the island of relevancy becomes the island of irrelevancy and just being mm-hmm. there yeah. because it's like after the Cesaro thing like we went into a feud with with Rey Mysterio and it's like well Rey ain't winning and then we go into a feud with Finn and it's like well Finn ain't winning and then we have the John Cena stuff it's like well John Cena ain't winning mm-hmm. and he had another feud with Edge for like Money in the Bank it's like you just yeah. pinned him and Danielson in the same match at the same time like Edge sure yeah. it ain't winning then you have the Cena stuff and then Brock comes back. And I think my, my big issue is not just that those lads were never going to win because I mean, you can have great matches out of that. Cesaro had a great match out of it. Mm. Finn, up until the finish, was, you know, it wasn't a terrible thing. I thought yeah. the stuff with, with Ray was really fun as well. And like, you know, some of the stuff that with Cena was fine. But there was no... It, it was fine. You're right. But there was no big character progression for Roman. Like mm-hmm. Roman's character grew to a certain point, stopped, and then was just the same thing. And it was one note mm-hmm. for months and months and months. And all of that excitement we had from the early days of the Tribal Chief was just slowly being chipped away. Mm-hmm. And it became a case of, oh, well, here comes the 12-minute entrance for Roman on SmackDown. This is something I can easily do a lot of skip 60 seconds, mm-hmm. skip 60 mm-hmm. seconds. Yeah, and this is a point that I made in the, the video essay I did. But I think the return of live a live audience killed the Tribal Chief character because as soon as they came back, WWE went, well, now the fans are back. We've got to give them a 10-minute entrance for Roman Reigns because, you know, well, they paid money. They have to, they've come to see the one guy that we've been building up. We have to have Roman Reigns on the show. He has to do a long entrance. So even if he had nothing to do on that show, he had to do a long entrance. He had to do a promo. And it was just the same stuff. He became overexposed as the Tribal Chief because nothing happened. 
it was just, like you said, it was just a plateau mm-hmm. the entire time of Roman's character progression. And all the feuds were the same. It was Roman Reigns and person who's trying to beat him. And after that WrestleMania match, like we said, it's a very statement match and emphatic. Like, Roman Reigns is going to win all these matches. You go, all right, so how are you going to make me excited? And they went, I don't know. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll do that 10 times over. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. And it, ju- it just didn't work because none of the the entire premise of the Roman feuds was, is this person going to dethrone him? Because Roman's reign at this point was super long. So who's going to dethrone Roman? That was the crux of every feud baked into it. It wasn't about characters. It wasn't about ideologies or anything. It was, who's going to dethrone Roman Reigns? And when you already know that this person isn't going to win, you're automatically not invested in it. Yeah. It's just how it worked. And like every, like we were getting so many chats in on, on live streams being like, who do you think is going to be the person that dethrones Roman Reigns? And mm-hmm. the answer I had, and I, and I kind of cribbed this a little bit from Sean, I'm fightful, was that that guy doesn't exist yet because mm-hmm. they haven't built up anyone to be the guy to beat Roman Reigns. Like you could throw out a name, like, you know, one of the popular to throw out was a Braun Breaker because he yeah. just like his stock had just risen in, in 2.0. Mm-hmm. But like, if you brought him up to the main roster, you would have to essentially start again from scratch and build him up to be that guy that could dethrone Roman. But I really was just looking up and down the roster on both Raw and SmackDown being like, there ain't no guy here that is at the point that you could dethrone Roman, particularly after that WrestleMania match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at one point, the only idea that I had had was for Big E to cash in money in the bank in a scheduled match at like the show after WrestleMania this mm-hmm. year. Like have them finish off the Brock or whatever match you were going to do at WrestleMania, have Roman be at his highest, most unbeatable, and Big E cashes in money in the bank and says, nah, you beat everybody, I'm going to be the guy that beats you. You know, something like that. But then they didn't do that. And then I was like, well, I don't have any ideas, then. <laughs> yeah. you know, and not to bring it back to this. But when you when uh, I think you're very much correct in that he did plateau and that our interest just slowly started getting chipped away from this. And for me, it was really when the Finn Balor match and program and everything started going, because I was still of the of the belief that when Roman faces a main eventer, his storyline hits pause. But when he faces like a mid-card guy on a pay-per-view, then they focus on, you know, character development and that sort of thing. And I was really excited about that. And of course, the first pay-per-view after SummerSlam was the Extreme Rules match with Finn mm-hmm. Balor. And they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. They didn't focus on his relationship with the Usos or anything like that. And I went, oh, no. And then from month to month, like there was the Big E Survivor Series match that we haven't talked about that, I forget happened just because all the matches blend together and they don't, they don't matter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That was the thing. There always felt like there was progression with this character. And even if the guy who was going to beat him wasn't in front of him, it still felt like they were kind of building to something. And then all of a sudden they weren't building to anything anymore. Mm -hmm. It was just a plateau. You were just waiting. You weren't Mm -hmm. intrigued by what was going to happen anymore. You were just waiting for, something to happen that extreme rules match and and pardon my french the fuck was that match like what the fuck was that finish cartoon wrestling like what it's a baby show for babies have we ever really had an explanation of what that finish was outside of as a roman saying god looks down on me and god protects me roman didn't say that the commentary team said that right on roman's entrance on smackdown afterwards i think it was Corey graves was he on smackdown at the time i don't know doesn't matter someone as Roman was doing his entrance after extreme rule said must have been divine intervention 
And that's it. That's it. That's the only explanation we've got for the entire thing. A shocking decision. It's insane. You know, and it wouldn't have been better before the rope broke. When he was flopping around like a fish doing the demon thing. Yeah, with the lights and everything. If he just hit the coup de gras. Legit made my child cry. Yeah. (laughs) She'd just been born. If he just hit hit this move. Yeah. And like Roman kicks out, Roman hits a spear. It still would have sucked. It would have been bad yeah, because they bad. don't get the demon. No, they don't understand. They never understood what it, what it was about. But my God, it was a baffling, baffling match mm-hmm. and a baffling finish, and really, really hurt Finn and the demon mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean like the, we haven't seen the demon since. It's, no, it, it's for all intents and purposes, I think dead. Yeah, at this point, I think it might they, very they, well they, be. Yeah, they buried the demon. They said, nope, done with that. One of the coolest things that they had in NXT when and it started. Like, such a mainstream appeal as well. Like you don't cool need makeup. To, you don't need to understand. You get cool music, cool entrance, person in in face paint. Awesome. I don't need to know more than that. If I'm just a casual viewer, I go that guy's cool. It also like it didn't need to be a separate character. No, it didn't need to be like Corporate Kane and the Demon yeah. Kane. It's yeah. just like no Finn Balor. Just, like in NXT. It was just something he did for takeovers mm. because mm-hmm. it was a way to cycle, like psych out your opponent when you're standing yeah. across from him. Yeah. And something that was unique up. to him. Exactly. Yeah, psych himself up. And he would do something that was tied into the area they were in. So like when they were mm-hmm. in Texas, they would do a Texas Chainsaw Massacre version of it. In London, we'll do a Jack the Ripper version mm-hmm. of this. And like it was just something that he did that was cool. Mm. Second he went to the main roster, he, like it's such a Bruce Pritchard yeah, thing to do. He's a spooky ghost it's demon such a Bruce Pritchard yeah. thing to do, sit down and be like, so, like, explain to me what this is. Oh, so it's a, it's a demon persona. Oh, I get it. And then goes the creative team. It's like, guys, I've got it. It's a separate person. Mm-hmm. And they're two different characters. Like, and it, and it, I never really liked it. So we go, we go through that series of matches. There's no big character progression for Roman. It's just long entrances. It's just matches with very little stake at, at hand. And we get Brock returning at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. We have the Brock match at Crown Jewel. Yep. And we ha- mm-hmm. in between that as well, we've got him beating Big E at Survivor Series, which, you know, was more or less a foregone conclusion. Yep. That is a show that was mostly about a golden egg. Mm-hmm. And really, that's the only thing we will remember from that show. It's the golden egg. Uh, I will look forever fondly on those live reactions. What a show. I said it in, the, in our 2021 end of year awards. Mm-hmm. I cannot in good faith say it was one of the worst shows of the year because I had too much fun watching. <laughs> <laughs> if you were watching it at home on your own, probably was terrible. Oh, awful. But I had such a laugh watching oh. that mm-hmm. show. Uh, I think really, like, I think we'll lump all the Brock stuff in together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the last one I think that's had any real intrigue about it was the Seth feud at the rumble mm. this mm. year yeah because it was they've got shared history and it was about something it yeah. was about it was, it was a story was, do you know what it was about character yeah. it was about like this was actual character progression for roman mm-hmm. it was the first person that got into roman's head exactly. and it made roman doubt himself it showed the first bit of vulnerability yes. on roman mm. it was perfect like they name dropped john moxley on tv yeah he did like when the what is one of my favorite shots of this year in wrestling when seth does his entrance at the rumble roman's reaction to that music hitting mm-hmm. is so good because it's a proper like oh, of course he did yeah like and yeah. they're like and it's i love it so so much mm-hmm. i don't love the finish to that match no nope. and I, I, I still kind of irks me a little bit but it's I don't know what they officially described it as. And I'll, I'll check on Wikipedia in a second mm. because it felt like he lost via DQ. Something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think they might have also said it ended in a no contest. Of course they to, would. To I'm the, almost certain that's what it was. Yeah, to the protect the fact that Roman... Co- that Xavier Woods didn't 
beat Roman yep. Reigns. Exactly well, it's no conf. Off. <laughs> it's the now. most WWE thing. Now, according to Wikipedia, Seth Rollins defeated Roman Reigns via DQ. There you go. I'm certain they said it was a no contest <laughs> on TV or something yeah. like that. But like, I I really loved a lot of that Seth feud, mm. and it's only because it's the first time, probably since Mania. So that's a long time between Mania and the Rumble mm. that mm -hmm. something new had happened with Roman Reigns. Now, I suppose you could make the argument that there's the Brock Roman stuff, but I think the Brock Roman stuff has only been soured because we then just got so much of it this year that no one really looks back to the crown jewel match of Paul Heyman deciding whose side is he on. They were supposed to wrestle at day one. They yeah. were going to have another match in the middle of all of this that yeah. Roman got pulled from because of COVID. Yeah. And he actually might have lost the belt there as well. That's why like Brock won the belt from Big E instead. You never yeah. know, but man... The Seth thing to me was frustrating in that it was really good, but they were still like, yeah, but Brock. Yeah. And it was like, no, set up. this match is the setup for WrestleMania. Do Roman and Seth for the title in some sort of continuation of that. It's much more interesting. Mm -hmm. But no, they were interested in going a different direction that I strongly disagreed with. And like, mm -hmm. is it like Goldberg was this year? Oh, crikey. Jesus. Like, I was just, I was racking my brain, and then I was like, he definitely had a match with Goldberg, but when did that happen? It was Elimination Chamber this year. So, yeah. like, his, right, it was the Saudi man. It was, Saudi it was the show. Saudi show. Yeah. So, like, a lot of Roman's things this year, he had a great run with Seth at the start of the year, at the start of the year, although was marred by A, the company more focused on Brock, and B, I think a pretty terrible finish for their match, and Goldberg. And then it's just been dominated by Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. It was Brock Lesnar focused at day one, even though Roman wasn't there for it. It was Brock Lesnar focused at Royal Rumble. I'd argue it was almost Brock Lesnar focused at Elimination Chamber Absolutely. when, like, you know, did he win the belt back there? Because he yep. lost it. He yep. lost it to Lashley yep. at yeah. the Rumble. Bloody hell, this title. And then he won it back at the Chamber because Lashley was taken out of the mm -hmm. Chamber. Mm hmm. What a weird few months it was. That was dumb. And then it was all building up to this winner-takes-all match at WrestleMania. Biggest WrestleMania match of all Biggest time. Biggest WrestleMania match of all time. TMCR. And it was a boring, I do boring not remember match. a single thing I can tell you exactly match. what happened. Brock hit some suplexes, and he hit a few F5s. Roman kicked out of them. Roman hit some spears and some Superman punches, and Brock kicked out of them, and then the match ended. Like, that is every it's match. It's ludicrous It was to me. great when they did it at WrestleMania. Like, the first time they did it when Seth cashed in. Awesome match. I was just going to say, I could probably recite that match. But there were so many excellent character moments in that match. But you do the same match time after time and time again, it loses all of its flavor. Yep. Mm -hmm. And this was a lollipop that had lost all of its flavor. And it was a real slot. And it came right at the end of night two. And you're like... I'm done with WrestleMania now. I was mm -hmm. exhausted from the Johnny Knoxville, Sami Zayn stuff, which, you know, match of the weekend and all that. I, and this, and for me, it just it didn't work. And again, part of that's because, A, I've seen it all before, but B, we had no big character progression with either Brock or with Roman. Yeah, it just ended, like, the, the thing that was seven years in the making and all that stuff ended with Roman wins. And then we go, okay. That's what's happened for the last, like, two years. It's how the story ended in 2018. Yeah. yeah. Roman wins the end. Yeah. 
I That's don't. It. There's no need for a part three of this. <laughs> but then we've got also a part four. <laughs> Jason yeah. lives. It's part four, yeah. like the final, the proper final chapter. The promo that Roman had to lead up to that match, which is like, there's no one else for me to beat. And he pops out, but Brock Lesnar, like, Brock Lesnar hasn't been here in years. And you look over and I was like, I think it's time for my shot of the title, sir. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Literally, he could have had anyone that he's already beaten come out, and it would have been exactly the same. You've already beaten him. The last He's part time, of your list of yeah, people that you've beaten. The last time Brock Lesnar beat Roman Reigns was at the Greatest Royal Rumble. <laughs> and Wait, even then, it was by accident. No, but did he? Didn't well, Roman yeah, he that? didn't actually. Well, no, Brock won, but he shouldn't have. It was like they broke through the Brock cage. Broke through the cage. They broke through the cage, That's right, and they said that, that Brock won, even That's though Roman's right. hit, feet hit the floor first. So, really, if you're going on like a an actual beat him moment, it was WrestleMania 34, <laughs> and we're still telling the same story. <laughs> So the, I guess the only other interesting one we can talk about here is the Matt Riddle stuff. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think the stuff they were doing with RK-Bro was genuinely good. pretty good. And the match they had on SmackDown was was real, real good. Mm. Uh, it was, was really great. But again, it wasn't one of those, oh, I think Riddle... Like, I never thought Riddle was going to win the belt. But at least it was... like It felt like a reprieve from all the Brock Lesnar stuff. Yeah. So, and I think that also really helped the match in the eyes of fans. I think the match was really great. In a vacuum, again... Again, as we talked about just forgetting about the build to to matches the match was great yeah but to me this was like peak era of just complacency nothing booking like they switched out the main event of backlash like the week of and just made it like a nothing six, six man, man. Tag, yeah mm-hmm. and it was a good match great don't match, get me wrong yeah. but it none of it felt super significant and again this was the era in which roman reigns just stopped showing up for work yeah and I don't think this is really recovered from that. And that's why we've gotten to the point that we have that, again, you could have fixed all the things that were wrong with the situation after the Brock stuff. Just, you know, have him be a more interesting character, which they've done at times. But it's him not being on TV. It's like, well, now he's just a part-timer. And yeah. you can't get in into the, the feuds the same way with a part-time champion that you can with a a champion that's on TV every week. Yeah. Which then does raise uh, one of the final questions we want to ask here, or at least I want to ask here, is has the new contract hurt all of this? Yes. Because the new contract that he signed was, I'm doing less TV shows, I'm doing less pay-per-views, I'm doing less house shows. And Roman not being on TV, considering he's got both of the belts, mm-hmm. has really, it really exposed Raw. I mean, it exposed Raw when he won mm-hmm. the belts at WrestleMania because I was like, oh man, Raw's got nothing going on here now. Mm-hmm. The star of Raw was Cody Rhodes. Yeah, and then he left, and then he got injured. And, he got injured. <laughs> and then he's also no longer on SmackDown. I was like, man, SmackDown's got nothing going for it either. Yep. And it's only really been since Triple H took over that all of a sudden the shows feel exciting again because mm-hmm. he's like, well, okay, what do I need to do? I need to elevate these belts and make these belts feel important. Mm-hmm. But it, I think the the part-time deal for Roman not only hurt the Tribal Chief character and hurt any momentum that you might have had, I just think it's really soured a lot of people on a lot of the good that it had early doors. Yeah. But I think they've done a very good job in the build for Clash at the Castle to have Roman on TV, you know, like, like a guy who's a champion kind of thing, have him on TV, actually have him do a proper feud with character progression, his old thing with Sami Zayn, his thing with Drew McIntyre, like it's all it's all really interconnected and, and works really, really well. I would have Drew win at Clash at the Castle and have Roman take time off 
If he wants to not have dates, fine. Take breaks away. But when you do have dates, have them together for a feud. Don't just do like, I'm going to do one appearance here, wait a couple weeks, I'll come back for this one, wait a couple weeks, come back for this one. Because that just like, if you're trying to do a feud and Roman's only there for one out of the four weeks, it's hardly a feud. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't work. Like the, the Brock Lesnar build for SummerSlam was mm. the stare down. It was literally one week, one and, stare and, down. And it was the first week. <laughs> and that is it. That's the entire build for feud. Yeah. It was like, it's Roman versus Brock. Job done. Yep. It writes itself, guys. No, it doesn't. <laughs> God. I, I think I would have less of a problem with it if he was on all the pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if he defended the title on every pay-per-view and was on TV like maybe once between them with a better creative mind than Vince McMahon running things, you can make that work because that's what the Usos and Sami Zayn can be there for. You can tell the story there with the other people in the story. But they weren't going to do that because, you know, Vince McMahon and storytelling do not go hand in hand. And when it was just like, uh, who knows what the main event of the pay-per-view is going to be? Hell in a Cell? What's that? It's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. what else is going on? It's not about the title anymore. That's where it really just kind of lost all momentum to me because I don't even at that point know when I'm going to see the title defended next. And then yeah. it was like the Riddle match was just on SmackDown. It was mm-hmm. a good match. But if that match had been on pay-per-view, I don't know, maybe it feels a little bit more significant. I don't know. They really lost me with this post-WrestleMania stuff. Yeah, and I, I think we had a real lull period up until, as, as you mentioned, Pete, that these last four or five weeks that we've mm-hmm. had, like since SummerSlam, I, I reckon the post-SummerSlam, finish up the Brock stuff, done, bam, he non-factor, let's move on <laughs> to, to Drew. Uh, it was a real... Fun, so I was watching SmackDown this past week, and like the Usos are standing outside Roman Reigns' locker room, mm-hmm. and Sammy's trying to get in so he can talk to Roman. And then you just hear Roman's voice. Mm. And I, I thought to myself, I was like, that's cheap, just doing a Roman voiceover because he's not here this week, but it makes it feel like he's there this week. And then Sammy walks in and I was like, oh, Roman is here this week. Like, I don't think I should be sat here as a fan being like, oh, I wonder if Roman's going to show up to work this week. I wonder if our champion is going to be on the show this week. It was a pleasant surprise, like, but I really did think, like, that's a cheap way of doing it with a little voiceover mm-hmm. trick. But I do think this last four or five weeks with the Sammy stuff, with Drew, Kind of with Karrion Cross on the outside, with Kevin Owens on Raw, the Tribal Chief now feels like, again, a fleshed-out mm-hmm. character with wants and hopes and flaws. And mm-hmm. like the stuff he's doing with Sammy, I think it's been so great. Brilliant and stuff. if anything, it's also rejuvenated Jay. Yeah. And now Jay feels mm-hmm. like he is part of this story again. Do you know why? Because he's different to Jimmy. He has his own motivation. That's what characters do. It's amazing. It's amazing what one small thing can do. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, we're sitting here and we're like, I'm pretty confident that Drew's winning the belt this weekend. Mm. I'm pretty confident that he is. And I'm pretty confident that that we're going to go into Drew versus versus Kevin and Drew versus Cross. But there's also like, I kind of want to see what happens if Sammy does mess this up. And like, what does that mean for Sammy and Owens and the Usos? What does it mean for Sammy and Roman? Like if Sammy, because I I think Sammy's getting involved this weekend. If Sammy cocks this up and Roman loses the belt because of Sammy Zayn, what does that do for Sammy Zayn? Mm -hmm. And what does that do for his psyche? Because like his whole promo on Monday was like, Roman Reigns likes me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What if? Okay. This is a fantasy book that I've seen a lot of people have, but I want to just mention it. If Sami Zayn costs Roman Reigns, Roman kicks Sami out of the bloodline, and he finds brethren in Kevin Owens, and then we have Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens teaming up, and they dethrone the Usos. Yep, I love it. Yeah, like that, that, is, that is the way forward for me. I think it yeah. is the ideal scenario. And I will mm-hmm. say that we all sit around, as you said, saying that we think Drew's going to win this title. 
had they started this rejuvenation process of Roman Reigns with the Sami Zayn stuff and the Usos and just telling better storytelling, if they'd started that like a couple months earlier, I probably would have a different answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. You know, yeah. but it's just that it's a little too little too late at this point, and I would just rather see something else now. Mm-hmm. It's a little unfair to the situation that we're in because I don't think that's Triple H's fault booking or anything like that. But at the same time, a lot of damage was done from SummerSlam to SummerSlam on this t- yeah, Tribal Chief really character. Was. And a bad year. Yeah, mm-hmm. it disappoints me because I really do want this character, this title run. I've been the biggest fan of Roman Reigns forever and just wanted to see him perform the way that he should be performing, you know, just like succeed and be presented well. And I feel like we got that and then we lost it for a little bit and we're getting it now in a very short period of time. But if it was all the same thing, I'd be like having break Bruno's rock record, just, you know, four year title reign, eight year title reign, six year title reign, doesn't matter to me. But now it does kind of feel like we can put the title on Drew just because mm-hmm. I think now, it feels like now is the time. What? There's also the possibility. I think we we all said that we think Drew is winning, but I could also see a world in which Roman retains. Totally, and, and you, I and you, totally and you, think it's possible. He continues with the belt till Mania yeah. and has the Rock match. He totally could. Loses and, you the know, belt to Sammy. And you <laughs> genuinely, I want Sammy Zayn to dethrone Roman Reigns. If I, I don't could think book that's insane. it, that is the way I book it. Hundred percent. It'd be I so mean, good. It would be wicked, wouldn't it? it Kevin Owens wins so the Royal Rumble. But isn't that like the genius of the the Triple H era that we've had so far? Is that like both options are good? Mm-hmm. And like you know, we it's sort of like oh, it's it's a bit of fancy booking the Kevin Owens and Sammy and Usos thing. But like it's also it's being the chess piece of being yeah. put out for us to Absolutely. us as fans to put them together and be like. So we're not being smart fans. Like it's just it's logical storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you set something up, there is a payoff for it, and we yeah. are setting things up, and there will be a payoff. And I love this fact that if Drew wins, I can th- see five different directions he goes down, mm-hmm. and if Roman wins, I can see five different directions he goes down. And I actually like all ten options here. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a great thing to do. I'm so so stoked for their match yeah. this th- tomorrow. I can't wait. This I- is slightly off topic but of the possibilities here would you prefer to see kevin owens and Sami Zayn beat the usos for the tag titles like at wrestlemania mm-hmm. or would you rather that happen earlier and have kevin owens and Sami Zayn versus diy at wrestlemania yeah i'm going with the, the second option there because if you want to just like second say one. this is the this is the triple h wrestlemania <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna put on the best show of all time what better tag match could you possibly book God, that would be so rad that as would well. Be so Look, cool. I, I, I see two great things from this. A, an amazing in-ring match. Actually, no, I see three great things. Great in-ring match. B, Gargano and Champa back together again, and it feels so good. C, it gets Champa away from the Miz. Yeah. And like, I'm like, uh, if, if anything, that third one is actually the best of the lot. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have to wear lime green anymore. Yeah, with, like, and you know, it wouldn't be a rest podcast without me dogging on the Miz. So like, you know, yeah, it, it just feels works. like it's a right, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So to kind of like round off this episode, if Roman loses tomorrow, and I think we're kind of maybe being a bit presumptive that he is, what is the legacy? of this two-year run like say in five years time when we look back on this two-year period of someone as champion which mm-hmm. has not happened for a long ass time what is the legacy of this character gonna be this leg sorry the legacy of this run gonna be i think the positives will outshine the negatives in this case yeah i think when people look back on this title run they will look at the jay uso stuff first 
They will look at the great character work that Roman did and, you know, his Hell in a Cell match where he's sitting in the ring crying and then chokes out Jimmy. Like, those are the kind of moments that I think people will remember because, as we've just said, the last year of it has been largely forgettable. But because it's forgettable, I think people will forget about it and they yeah. will remember the positives. I, we all forgot the Goldberg thing. Yep. Yeah. It was only a few months ago. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, I think that the legacy will be that Roman Reigns has a Hollywood career now uh, because he everyone goes, oh, he can act. Uh, but also, I think that this shows that when WWE care, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like when WWE care about storytelling. And now we're in the Triple H era. I feel like that sentiment of caring about Roman Reigns and the excitement that we have for the Tribal Chief character will hopefully now extend to a lot of other things because I think for a lot of casual WWE fans potentially that would be their first experience of oh this is like subtle storytelling this is like wrestling but told in a really cool storytelling way and Triple H is very good at that style of things so if they can extend that care that they have for Roman Reigns and as in caring about him and extend that to other people on the roster and actually take the the time to look into what does this subtle facial expression mean or what is this was this character thinking if the fans can take time to to think about that they're going to really enjoy WWE i think that this two year run exposes mcmahon mm. i think it really exposes vince because he fought so hard against turning him heel when everyone was telling him this is the right thing to do and then he did it, and it was. And as it turns out, everyone was right. It was the right thing to do. And all of the good that we got out of Roman in those early days is not from Vince. Yeah, he's the guy that signs everything off, but those were creative pitches being made by Roman and by Paul. Mm -hmm. They were not Vince McMahon ideas. I think all of the McMahon, once he got back into live attendance, he went right back to his Vince-isms, and we got the really bad Roman Reigns run. I think this is, it highlights actually how the Triple H era is going to benefit everyone. Because the second he took over, we went from having just Roman Reigns as one top guy alone to having multiple top guys with multiple storylines going on. It is exactly how a top champion with two world titles should be portrayed. Loads of people gunning for your titles. Yeah. It's exactly how it should be. If you're holding two titles, regardless of whether you're tag champions or world champion or whatever... Low, you should have a bigger target on your back than if you're holding one. I I always feel like someone who's holding two belts should be like, okay, you need two challenges. You're holding two belts. Mm. Unless you literally unify the title to make it one belt which again. Which they sort of didn't in which the end. Which they did and they didn't. They said yeah. they were going to unify and then it's just still been two belts that he's carrying around. So who knows what it is. But if you have two belts, you need two challenges. That's the, the, the uh, price you pay for becoming double champion is cool now you need to defend both belts that should be how it's portrayed you have multiple challenges you have multiple people coming for your belts at all times and that's what they've done since triple h has taken over that two belts thing is again another exposing events mm. because it was i don't want to make a decision on this because i don't want to have to undo a decision like he did the first time round when they had the wwf and the wcw mm. championship it was like no they're gonna carry both of them together i was like actually no we're gonna make them one whole belt mm -hmm. oh, actually now i need two belts so i want to separate them out again and it's like well I, I, we tried this once and didn't work so just have him hold both belts we'll say they're unified but they're not because i don't want to make a decision on this just mm -hmm. yet and like i think if a smarter man would have made those plans ahead of time and would have had things mapped out yeah and I, I, I think that it's a, a two-year run 
that started great, had a soggy middle, and has actually had a really good end. If should tomorrow be the end of this? I don't want to say that Vince McMahon hasn't had any good ideas over the last twenty years because I'm sure someone will point to it and be like, "Well, what about this?" But there was talk like ten years ago of, "Hmm." Look at all the great things to come out of WWE recently, like the Jericho-Shawn Michaels feud, mm-hmm. the Triple H-Undertaker stuff with Shawn Michaels involved and whatnot. And you start to look at it and go, how many of the great things in WWE actually have like a lot of hands-on Vince McMahon involvement? The pipe bomb. I was going to mm-hmm. say, the pipe bomb, is that's all punk. The second that Vince mm-hmm. gets involved, the storyline falls apart. Yep. Yeah. And, he, and then it's just like, go out there and do another pipe bomb, pal. Kevin and, Nash. And he just, and like, he made, Vince McMahon made pipe bomb uncool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because every week CM Punk was just like, I'm dropping a pipe bomb. And it's just like, and no Brandy. one like pipe bomb promos anymore. Yeah. So like, it's, so the second Vince got his hand on it, he stirred the pot and was just like, I know you're back after a month and we're unifying the belts. Oh, and also, yeah, Kevin Nash is feuding with you. Yeah. <laughs> so let us know in the comments what you think of the two years of Roman Reigns. I'm very curious to hear what people make of this. Also, I mean, do you think he's dropping the belt tomorrow? We're in pretty much a unified stance on this. I know that Ollie's also in a unified stance on this thing in the office. We're kind of pretty sure yeah. that Drew's winning tomorrow, but who knows? It depends on how good his stay is at Eastbound Services on the M4. Leave <laughs> the background to that. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the WrestleTalk podcast, but also it's a packed weekend because we've got live reactions to Clash of the Castle tomorrow on the Wrestle podcast channel, and then on Sunday, Ollie Davis and myself will be reviewing Clash of the Castle, and then Sunday night, these two guys will be doing live reactions to All Out. Yes. And then on the Monday, Ollie and Andy will be reviewing All Out. So we've got a packed, packed, packed few days of content here on the Rest of Podcast channel. So please do subscribe, get involved, let us know what you make of all of this stuff. I've been Luke Cohen. That has been your Jam That Champion Tempest. That's been Chopper Pete Quinnell. We've been the Blackpool Content Club. Jam That Jam. Jam That Jam. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.